the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. All right, come with me to the book of Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30. God richly bless you for making time to be in our discovery service. What you discover determines what you recover. And I believe that tonight God will show you something that will help you recover something you have lost. Shout a better amen. amen. All right, so we began this teaching like a month ago or so, and we've been on a few things. So we're looking at engaging kingdom keys. Kingdom principles for promotion. Somebody say engaging kingdom principles. For promotion. You must understand that God is committed to your promotion above everything else. The Bible said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. For promotion coming up from the east and the west, God is the judge. He puts down one and sets up another. He will exalt your horn. I said God will exalt your horn. He said, my horn shall thou exalt like the horns of a unicorn, and I shall be anointed with fresh oil. David said, O Lord, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. May God lift up your head. In any area where you are restricted, in any area where you are limited, may the limitations be broken. In the mighty name of Jesus. But we said that God, in as much as he desires to promote us, he does not promote us in a vacuum. There are key things he demands of us that we do from his word that when we apply ourselves to them diligently and conscientiously, it gradually changes our position from glory to glory. And from this text, we are seeing how some people engage kingdom principles and their lives became better. Your life will be better. In the mighty name of Jesus. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. The man was traveling. He gave talents to his own servants. To one he gave five, another he gave two, and then another he gave what? One. So everybody was given something. Somebody say, I have something. Say, I received something from God. All right. So they were supposed to work with it, and then that was going to determine the outcome of their lives. Then the Bible says, after a long time, let's start from verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, look at verse number 24. He who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And so this is what I decided to do. I was afraid and went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. It's intact. Nothing has changed. Just as you gave me, the value is the same. That's what he told his master. And I was afraid. His Lord said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own weight interest. So take the talent from him. Take note. Take the talent what? From him and do what? Give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, 
May you always have. He said, for everyone who has more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Somebody say, cast the unprofitable servant. Okay, so engaging kingdom principles from promotion. The first principle we talked about is a principle of service. Somebody say service. If you must rise in the kingdom, then the platform to rise is a platform of service. The Bible says, Jesus said, I'm among you as one who serves. Whosoever will be great among you must first be your servant. There is no way you can rise into greatness in the kingdom without the heart of a servant. The disciples of Jesus were busy arguing who will be the greatest in the kingdom. Jesus did not waste time at all. He told them, whosoever will be first among you must be last. And whosoever will be great among you must be your servant. I pray that the heart of servant will be your heart. That in all things you will be seen as a servant. Serving the way you must. In the mighty name of Jesus. So we touched on that to start with. And then we looked at the principle of small beginnings. Somebody said the principle of small beginnings. The principle of small beginnings. Everyone was given something. But one despised that which was given him. He felt that what was given was not valuable. He felt that what was given was chicken change. And so he could not do much with it. And because he didn't do anything with what was given him, he could not multiply it. The Bible said, though thy beginning be small, your latter end shall greatly increase. God doesn't give us great beginnings most of the times. He always gives us small beginnings because within you is the capacity to end big. You will end big. Amen. I said you will end great. Amen. You will end great. Amen. Say, I shall end great. My end is great. My beginning may not be great. My, my beginning may not be promising. But my end is certainly glorious. Shout an amen if you believe that. Alright, so last two weeks we started looking at another principle which was very critical in making this guy experience a level of growth and promotion he experienced. And by the way, we are looking at promotion in all areas of our lives. Promotion in your spiritual life. These principles apply whether you want to see promotion in your spiritual life, in your financial life, in your relational life, in every area of our lives. In the area of church growth, these principles are vital. They are applicable. You see, the thing about kingdom principles is that they are applicable to every sphere of life. They are not limited. It's not like Newton's law of motion which is limited to mechanics and physics and motion. No, kingdom principles are universal. They deliver the same value and they produce the same results anywhere they engage. And sometimes it's even amazing that people who are not citizens of the kingdom, sometimes when they find themselves using the principle, they are able to advance. Jesus said, the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Because these are people who are not exposed to the light we are exposed to. But because they are conscious at engaging the laws, they were moving forward. You will move forward. Amen. Every element of stagnation is broken over your life. Amen. Now, there's something we see here. He said, cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. That word is very important. The one talent man who could not do much with his talent is described as unprofitable. Somebody said unprofitable. unprofitable. He was unprofitable. Unprofitable means that there was no value in his life. He could not add value to what was given him. Everybody traded and increased their value, but this person's value remained the same. And so we started looking at the principle of value addition. Somebody said the principle of value addition. Valuable servant is a profitable servant. That's what we saw last week. A valuable servant is what? A profitable servant. He said, cast him away because he's not profitable. He's not useful. And when you are not useful, you can always be laid aside. You know the person who can easily be laid off when there's a crisis in the job place? The one who is less useful. The one who is less useful. When they are laying off people in an organization, usually 
They start from the least and they end up with the highest. Because the higher you go, the more valuable you are. Hardly ever will you see an MD laid, as laid off. Before MD gets laid off, it means the organization is collapsing because the organization rests with him. How valuable are you? Some people are in a messenger position and they have been in it for a very long time. If you are in the kingdom, it's okay to start from a messenger position. But you must understand that your place is not that of a messenger. God has bigger and greater things for you. Somebody shout, say, God has greater and better things for me. We said that every valuable person will be promoted. Somebody say, I'm a person of value. My promotion is inevitable. To be promoted in life, you have to be a person of value. Value, 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 value. No matter how much you pray, if you don't add value to yourself, there are places you can go. There are people you can meet. There are things you can do. You have to add value to yourself. And, and, and it's so vital. Everybody has that opportunity. And that underscores the fact that everybody has the capacity to add value to themselves. Everybody. Whatever you have is okay if you add value to it. You have one talent, it's okay if you add value to it. Because the, the judgment that was passed on the unprofitable servant was because no value was added. You are unprofitable. He said, even if you had put it in the bank, I would have gotten some little interest. I would have gotten some little value on it. But because you didn't add any value at all, I'm going to cast you away. So it's not about what you have. It's the quality of value you add to it. When you add value to your little, your little will be matched. I see your little becoming matched. We saw last two weeks that everyone who added value or was a person of value never escaped promotion. Everyone who was a person of value from David to Joseph from all the others. Daniel, he was preferred. Again and again, he was chosen. There were political meetings against him. There were tribal meetings against him. This guy doesn't belong to our tribe. This guy doesn't come from our region. All of those things could not change the fact that he was a person of value. He didn't speak their language. He wasn't from their tribe. He didn't attend the same school they attended. But when they were looking for somebody who could answer their problems and answer their questions and solve their problems, they could find no other person but Daniel. And hear me, if you can become that kind of person, people will set aside your tribe. People will set aside your weakness. People will set aside the things you don't have and they will still give you the job. I see you getting your right place. I see you taking your rightful place. We establish the fact that becoming valuable is a necessity. It's not something you can play with. Are you with me here? You have to become valuable. Why must you become valuable? Because your promotion depends on it. Somebody say, my promotion depends on it. The worst that can happen to a person of value is that his promotion can be delayed. It can be delayed, but denial is inevitable. You cannot deny a person of value promotion. Sooner or later, they will come back. I see you come back. Amen. Anything you have been denied, you will come back. Amen. No conspiracy will stop your promotion. Amen. And then again, when you become a person of value, it makes you super profitable. You become a profitable servant. Everybody wants to keep you. Your boss wants to keep you. All of a sudden, though you started as an employee, all of a sudden, they say, we want to make you a shareholder. Because your investment, your value to our rising and our increase is so much that now we want to change your status. May your status change. Amen. I said, may your status change. Amen. Now, this man was a ruler. He was a ruler. He was a ruler. He said, a man was traveling to a far country. He called his servants. So he had people he was ruling over. But when they added value, when he came, he said, I will make you a ruler. They became ruler. They started with one talent and they became rulers over many things. Did you see that? He said, I will make you ruler over many things. So they used to maybe rule over 5,000. Now they are ruling over houses. They are ruling over all kinds of things. I see you become a ruler over many things. Ruler over many things. When you are valuable, you can rule over many things. And then we said your long-term relevance depends on it. Somebody say my long-term relevance. And we live in an age where people are becoming obsolete because machines are replacing the role of people. There are works that about 15, 10 years ago, only human beings could do it. But today, a lot of such things are no more there. They've been replaced with machines. A job that 10 people can do, now one machine can do it. So you go into certain establishments 
and automated systems are working to cut down costs. So if you are not valuable, like may, maybe if all you know is to be a typewriter, now people can type on their phones and send WhatsApp and all of that. Where are you going? Where are you going? You have to add value to yourself. Your long-term relevance. Somebody say my long-term relevance. Say my long-term relevance. Depends on my continuous value addition. Daniel 1.21, we are told, thus Daniel continued unto the first year of Cancerius. He continued. You couldn't stop him. You hated him, but you use him. You, you, you hated him, but you need him. And when people need you, they will put their hatred aside. All emotions will be set aside for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And then we said that a person of value doesn't pray for favor. Favor attends to them. You are already a child of favor in the sight of God. But to enjoy favor with men, please understand this. To enjoy favor with men, there are certain fundamentals human beings look out for. As for God, he has justified you before him unconditionally, being therefore justified by faith. We are peace with God. So you, you have been declared okay with God. The Bible said he has made you accepted in the beloved. Unconditional acceptance. Somebody have unconditional acceptance. God does not accept you. On, he has accepted you unconditionally. But for human beings to accept you, listen, you have to meet their bill. There are conditions. Human beings operate on a different frequency. The Bible said Jesus had favor with God and with men. There was a way Jesus packaged himself. He enjoyed favor. There was a way the man David packaged himself. He enjoyed favor. Favor is one of the greatest assets in life. Favor will give you what degrees and PhDs cannot give you. Favor will bring you to places that your, your father or your mother may never have been there. Favor gives you access to places where your competences and skills may not give you. Favor is critical. And for favor to be given you, sometimes it depends on your value. In fact, your value influences your favor. Somebody say, my value. Influences your favor. When would Jacob be given the opportunity to bargain for how much he's paid? They saw his value. They say, I've learned by experience that since the day you came, we have, my business was running losses. Every month, month after month, we were running losses. Business was not doing well. Church was not growing. Things were not working. Until you came. But listen, I can tell you, since you came, we have made profit over 100%. He said, because of this, now, I want to make you a shareholder. That's how Jacob became a shareholder. He said, appoint me your wages. He became a shareholder because he was a person of high value. May this church be full of people of value. In the mighty name of Jesus. Joseph enjoyed unlimited favor because he was a person of value. Being a person of value makes you a positive witness. Somebody say a positive witness. Decrees, laws were changed for Daniel's sake because he was a person of value. Listen, in this land, we only worship one God. That is the God everybody must worship. Daniel said, well, I cannot worship that kind of God. They say, you must. He said, I cannot. He said, you must. He said, well, if I must, then I may as well decide to leave this country. They say, we also need you in this country. You must worship our God. He said, okay, if I must stay and continue to offer the quality services you are getting from me from none other place, then... You have to allow me to worship the God of my choice. That's how they change the law for Daniel's sake. When you are a person of value, it gives you high bargaining power. There are people who can never walk to their bosses and tell them, I need a salary raise. Because when you ask that question, they may sack you. But there are people, oh, I know one of our guys here. Almost every now and then, his bosses are calling him. They are very suspicious. They are watching his every move. One of their greatest fears is that they might lose him. They might lose him. May you become that kind of person. Amen. That's their greatest. Almost every now and then. We talk in the office every now and then. He calls me on phone, gives me feedback. They might lose him. Started from national service person. So appreciated in value that the whole multinational organization, their greatest fear is that they might lose him. Every now and then they are trying to consider an offer that he will be happy with. May you become that needed. May you become that useful. There are some people to when they leave, the moment they say, I'm resigning, they say, Hey, the bosses are happy, they're excited. Yay, an albatross is eventually leaving our lives. 
We have been set free. The yoke is broken. Why? Because they are a weight. You will not be a weight. I said you will not be a weight. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, we are going to continue in this light for a couple of weeks. Wherever I get to and I'm prompted, I'll pause the series. I'm not sure I can finish the key things I'm seeing from here. But in this next session, we want to look at 15 ways to determine your personal value. 15 ways. 15 ways. How can you determine you are valuable? I'm not going to diagnose your value. I want to help you diagnose it yourself. So there are a series of tests we are going to be taking. And as we take them, practically be honest with yourself. Assess your life. Because in it, you will know whether you are valuable or not. How valuable you are, your responses and your answers to these questions will tell whether you are valuable or not. 15 ways to determine your personal value. Number one is the test of delegation. The test of delegation. Somebody say the test of delegation. Now, this is how the test of delegation works. Your value increases when you can be delegated. Your value increases when you can what? Say, my value increases when I can be delegated. Your value increases when you can be delegated. One of the difficulties I have with my own people, Ghanaians, is that particularly artisans, most of the time when you give them an assignment and you want it done in a certain way, you have to stay with them until they finish. The moment you move away, they will do something else for you. If they were drawing a car, by the time you come, it will be a monkey. Yeah. If you cannot be delegated to carry out a task successfully on your own, you lack value. Your value is dependent on your ability to be delegated. Look at this. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs 25:13, a reliable messenger is refreshing to the one who sends him. Somebody say a reliable messenger. A reliable messenger is refreshing. He's valuable to the one who sends him. When you are a reliable messenger, you can be delegated. When a message is given to you, the same message that is given to you, that is what you are going to say. You don't go and change it. You don't go and uh, say it in another way. That is a valuable person. You are reliable. You can be trusted to communicate what is committed into us. You know, the Bible, Paul was speaking to Timothy. He said, the same things which thou hast heard of me among many within, the same commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You're talking about delegation. Somebody say delegation. Isaiah 6 verse 8. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord say, whom shall I send and who will go for us? You see? People that can be delegated have always been sought after. God is sitting in heaven and he needs business done on earth and he's wondering who can carry it out. Who can carry it out? A lot of CEOs and business leaders, church leaders are looking for people who can be sent. There may be a lot of people, but can you be sent? Can you be delegated? He says, who shall go for us? There are people when they are sent to a place, the assignment they have been given, that's not what they are going to focus on. They go roaming around town, doing all kinds of things. They won't give their attention to their main task. Delegation. He said, who will go for us? So the problem is not uh, whether or not there's a place to go. The problem is the person who can be trusted to carry it out. Jesus became super valuable because he could be delegated. He could be delegated. He came. Look at what the Bible says. John chapter 6, verse 38. For I came down from heaven. When I was delegated, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that delegated me. Can you see that? Can you see that? What was he about? He was about the will of him that delegated him. He understood the will and committed himself to doing the will. That's what he said. That's how come when he was done. Look at it. In the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Have the mindset. Develop this mindset. Who being in the form of God, taught it no robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death on the cross, they could trust him to execute the task. Now look at that, verse 9. Wherefore God also had highly exalted him. He was valuable before he came, but his value went even higher. So your value goes up if you can be delegated. 
your value goes up if you can be what? If you can be delegated. Learn to do independent work. A lot of people cannot do independent work. When you give them an assignment, you have to follow them up again and again and again and again. You can easily be laid off. No, 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 no. Nobody has, because somebody's work, somebody has his work to do. If he has to leave his work to come and focus, like I was just telling you, you give an artisan, paint, give him brush, and he's supposed to paint your house, and because he cannot do an excellent independent work, you literally have to stop your work and stay with him, just to make sure that nothing goes wrong. Who wants to hire such a person? What is the reason for my hiring you? Delegated. Joseph was valuable because he could be what? Delegated. Joseph could be highly valuable. Look at what the Bible says of him. Genesis 39 verse 2 to 6. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar, verse 3, noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge. Somebody say in charge. That's why we are talking about delegation. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owed. From the day. Now look at this. From the day. Somebody say from the day. This is a person of value. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property. The Lord began to bless Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran, ran, ran smoothly. And his crops and livestock flourished. Look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. Promotion is not something we pray for. Promotion is something we work our way into. Everything was running smoothly. Your boss says, I'm going on one month leave. He hands you the authority and the power to take over. By the time he comes, you can't run that proper account. Every question he is asking you, you are standing like Mumu. Then you are in church. Pray, Lord, open doors for me. I'm due for promotion. I'm due for promotion. Listen, you are due for a sack. You are overdue for a sack and demotion. No promotion. Be a person of value. Somebody say a person of value. Everything went smooth. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative what? responsibility over everything. Joseph was valuable. Everything was running smooth. But if we give you little responsibility and you are not taking charge of it, you are running a, a cell and your members don't show up for service. You yourself, you are hardly ever in service. How do you get bigger responsibilities? You are in charge of a ministry and that ministry is not running the way it ought to run. How can you go up? It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You have to prove yourself faithful in little things to be given responsibilities over much. That's what he says. Everything was handed over to him. Sometimes you look like it's just the favor of God. It wasn't just the favor of God. Though. The favor actually he enjoyed with the man. One was because he had favor with God and two because he was also running the affairs well. You are favored but you can be sad. I know you have favor with God, but you can comfortably be sacked from your job. It doesn't mean that the favor of God is not upon you. You can be confessing, I'm a favored child of God. When you sleep on your job, nobody will keep you. Even I'm a pastor, as a pastor here. When I employ you to do anything here, you sleep on it as a pastor, I'll fire you. So if a businessman is running his business and you have been given the opportunity to serve in it, you better take your job seriously. I'm not complicating here. Promotion doesn't come in a vacuum. Be valuable. And one important test of your value is your ability to be delegated. When you are delegated, there's a message given you. When you are delegated, there's an assignment given you. How faithful can you stick to it? That's it. The disciples were valuable to Jesus because they could be delegated. Somebody said they could be delegated. Yeah. There are responsibilities sometimes I give to people and I literally have to follow them up to get it done. You are indirectly telling me your value. The man could go to sleep home. He could sleep comfortably because he knew that nothing would go amiss. Everything would be perfectly carried out. That's a person of value. Look at Luke 9 verse 1 and 2. Then he called his disciples together and gave them power and authority. Somebody say he gave them power and authority. Say he gave them power and authority. That's delegation. He shared his power with them. Why? Because they could be trusted. And he gave them power to go. That is, was how valuable. Did you, did you see everywhere Jesus was, he was with the 12. You see that he's with the 12. He's with the 3. He's with the 70. Because these guys were valuable people. Those were the people we are told. Now, we are told that multitudes came to hear him. But we are never told he sent multitudes. He never delegated multitudes because the multitudes were there. But 
they didn't have the capacity to be delegated. So, the Bible says he appointed 70. He sent the 12, he sent the 70 because they could be delegated. Look at Paul, Paul and Timothy. I, I like the way, this afternoon while I was running up my preparation, it was just exciting the way Paul was fond of his son Timothy. Look at this. Sometimes you say, ah, my boss doesn't like me. <laughs> there is always a reason. Somebody say there's always a reason. And I know Africans will like to brand everything as an activity of a witchcraft. I believe in witchcraft activities, demonic activities. I believe in it. I'm a deeply spiritual person. But I believe that when you know where you stand in Christ, most of the things that we attribute to demons are usually personal failures and irresponsibility. A lot of challenges we have in Africa, demons have nothing to do with it. Demon witches have nothing to do with it. Much of it, it has to do with our personal irresponsibility. Can somebody say an amen? amen? You see, I want you to come to a place, and I want every member in our church to come to a place where even if Satan is looking for you, he can't find you. You see, make it very difficult for demons and witches to be able to come your way. Am I communicating here? There is a way you can carry yourself. Even if your boss is a witch, he may resign the job and keep you there. Am I communicating here? Because you are so valuable, valuable, valuable. Paul addressed Timothy. First Timothy, the New King James Version. A true son in the faith. A true son in the faith. That's how he looked at him. A true son. Again, 2 Timothy 1-2. Look at it. He said, Timothy, the King James Version says, my beloved son in the faith. A true son, a beloved son. I checked. I, I, Paul talked about Timothy much more than all his other sons. The book of 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus are books I listen to, I read almost every now and then. And in those books, you see Paul was fond of Timothy. It was not as if Timothy was the only person around him. There were a lot of people. You remember he talked about my fellow laborers in the gospel. He had many laborers laboring with him in the gospel. But Timothy was different. Why? One of the things that made Timothy different was his ability to take over. Somebody say his ability to take over. You see, leaders don't think of today. They think of tomorrow. Leaders, real leaders don't think of only today. They think of tomorrow. And the reason why leaders will keep on delegating is because they want to be sure that when they are not there, their legacy can continue. That's why they delegate. They delegate to equip. They delegate to empower. They delegate to be sure that the people who are around them can successfully take over and run affairs successfully in their absence. That's what the leaders do. And so, when you find one of such people, you will be all out. That's what he was doing. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 to 24. He said, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to delegate Timothy to you shortly. Did you see that? I trust to delegate what? Timothy to you what? That I may also be encouraged when I know your state. In other words, when Timothy comes there, he's, for now, I've been worrying. I've been, I've been thinking. I'm so anxious. I don't know what is happening to you. Because the guys I sent, there's no good report coming. When you ask them for a report, they don't have it. They are just there. And I'm troubled. I don't know how things are happening with you. But I've been looking for that boy, Timothy. I trust that he will come. And when he comes, I will send him shortly to you. And when I do, I will be encouraged. Now look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. For I have no one like-minded. Like-minded. You see, listen. In your place of work, if your boss is looking for somebody to go and do a job that he was called to do, will he call him? Please answer the question. You don't need to give me an answer. If your boss is asked to go carry out an assignment and he cannot go, can he trust you enough to tell you go and take over? When that, you see that that can happen one again and again and again, then you are sure that your capacity is really going up. You are becoming valuable. Valuable. When you can stand in your boss's office and execute the task that he's assigned you to do and do so well, your value is gone up. So I'm sending it to you. For no one is like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. Now look at verse 21. He said, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But, verse 22, but you know his proving what? His proving what? 
character that as a son with his father, he has served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to delegate him to you at once. So the test of delegation, if you can be delegated. Some people say, one of the things they, they talk about in leadership circles is hands off, but eyes on. But when you can be delegated very well, we can take hands off and eyes off. Very few people, it is only in very few cases where you can be hands off and eyes off. The average person who may be praying and fasting for promotion, when you take your eyes off, everything will be a mess. The test of delegation. And number two is the test of finishing. Somebody say the test of finishing. Say the test of finishing. We are just looking at 15 ways to determine your personal value. How valuable are you? How valuable can you become? The test of finishing. Your value increases when you bring projects to a close. Your value. Somebody say my value. Increases when I bring a project to a close. Many people are great starters but poor finishes. They are great starters but poor finishes. And I mean, I can't talk about this without considering our African context. Almost every project we are starting begins with pump and pageantry. So we are cutting salt for something, massive things. People go and eat. After three, four years, no show. No show. Nothing is there. Great. We start with great music. We start with all kinds of things. But go there the next three years. Nothing is happening there. Look at what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. Somebody say the author and the finisher. Say the author and the finisher. That's it. Jesus was author and finisher. He was not author and abander. He was author and finisher. Listen, in this service, I see the finishing grace come upon you. Receive the finishing anointing. In the project you have begun, receive grace to finish it. In the mighty name of Jesus, you have started a building project, you finish it. You have started a business, you finish it. You've started a sale, you finish it. You've started a business, you finish it. You've started a relationship, you finish it. Somebody shout, I'm a finisher. I'm a finisher. Take your seat. If you look around you, you will see many things that you have not finished. A book you started reading, you've not finished. Started reading one book from January. And we are in uh, 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 July, you've not finished. Many things, many things. And sometimes if you are in Kumasi, your loud mouth, will go and give commentary about a 40-year-old project in Confanote that has not been completed. Hashtag, finish a maternity block or something. Hashtag. Before you do the hashtag, hashtag your life. How many things have you started and couldn't finish in your own life? Started, you were going to pray. Every day, you were going to commit about 30 minutes of your time in fellowship in the word and prayer. How successfully have you carried it out? You see, half time has been awesome. But if the remainder of the year will become a reality for you, you have to take an inventory of your life. That's one of the things we do at half time. Half time is for you to be coached, encouraged, and be instructed. Now listen, you still have some time to go. And you see, the Bible says a day with God is like a thousand. So when six months have gone and you have not achieved much, you can still achieve a lot within the remainder six months. Ghanaians like to talk about problems that are existent in their own lives. When we see somebody have a problem, we like to talk about them. Oh, and the way a sanitation is a challenge in Ghana. Sanitation. You meet a doctor, he can drink and put something on the ground. And he will go back and call and say sanitation is a problem. The problems we create, then we come already talking about it. So I like it. I mean, that's not to say that uh, these people face the country, they don't have uh, this. They are free to talk, just like I'm also free to talk as a citizen. They are free to talk. But if you will fix ourselves, our country will be fixed. The fixing of Ghana does not begin with Akufuado. He can do very little. I mean, he can do much because of position of leadership. But no matter how much he does, if we don't step up and take responsibility for our nation, there is no way. I mean, these same people who will litter and do a lot of mess around you, they travel and they won't do the same thing. So what's, what has changed? What has changed? Attitude, mindset, diabolical mindset, demonic philosophies. Those are the things that are stopping us from progress. Your value increases when you can bring progress to a close. 
Somebody say, I'm a person of value. At what point was Jesus given a name above every name? When he started the project? Oh, talk to me. When he started the project? Let this man be in you, which was also in Christ. He said, who being in the form of God, taught him no robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant. At all that time, he was still the same person. Value still the same, but made himself of no and took upon him the form. And he was made, became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Wherefore, when he hung on the cross in John 19, 30, when he said, it is finished, then the wherefore came into effect. When he said, it's finished, wherefore God also had highly exalted him, giving him a name. You'll be promoted. I said you'll be promoted. Learn to finish stuff. Learn to finish stuff. When you are given a task, carry it to its expected end. Don't abandon the project. Don't start the project and abandon it. Stay with it. Am I communicating here? In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, he says, for I am ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. Look at time, oh, time, 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 time. Because it is time and we'll come to that. It takes time to finish stuff, you know. Look at verse 7. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have, I have, I have, I have, I have, I have finished my course. I have finished my course. I have finished my course. Listen, it is foolishness to start and not finish. It is foolishness to start and finish poorly. It is also foolishness to start and not finish. Look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 3. He said, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you made perfect in the flesh? Are you so foolish? Are you so foolish that you've sunk so much money into this course and you want to abandon it? Are you so foolish? After all of these investment into this dream, you want to abandon it, you can't be so foolish. The Bible says, when you start and you don't finish, people mock you. They what? They mock you. They mock you. We have examples of great finishers in scripture. Nehemiah was a great finisher. Amidst intense, maybe in the course of next year or so, I'll walk you through the book of Nehemiah and you appreciate such a fine leader. Great finisher. By all standards, the opposition, the resistance, notwithstanding. You see, sometimes people think that people who make progress have no opposition. But the opposition people who make progress have. <laughs> they can kill you. They can kill you if you ever get exposed to them. The greater your destiny, usually the greater the battles you fight. The greater your destiny, the greater the battles that confront you. Nehemiah was great. I mean, he was mocked, he was teased, he, they start to break his focus in many ways, but he finished. He built in record time. Within 52 days, it was done. Nehemiah 6.15. Under two months, the wall of Jerusalem was up. Jesus was a great finisher. John 17.4. He said, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work you gave me. I have glorified you. I have finished the work. From today, you'll be a finisher. When you start a book, you will finish. Amen. You'll start listening to the podcast, you will finish. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Finish. Finish. A lot of people have so many things that have begun. They begin this book, chapter 1, chapter 2, they drop it. Then they go here. They begin this book. You can't make progress like that. See to it that one project is brought to a completion. Don't start another relationship when you have not finished with the one you are on. Finish it. Finish it. You've not finished it. And you're already considering somebody else. A double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. If thy eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. So you've not finished this one. You have entered. All of a sudden, you begin to compare them. This one is very good in this area. This one is very good in this area. And you are dealing with two unique individuals. How can you make a decision? That's why you are confused. Papa, I'm confused. I don't know why I'm, I'm not able to make a decision. I'm not surprised you are confused. I would have been surprised if you're not confused. Be a great finisher. Jesus' life shows us a great example of a great finisher. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race set before us. Look, look at that verse. Verse number two, looking unto Jesus. Somebody say, looking unto Jesus. 
if you are going to finish well, we have to look at Jesus. Somebody say, look at Jesus. We have to. If you are going to finish our Christian work well, we have to look at Jesus. There are some people that will condemn you on the way, but Jesus never condemns you. There are some people that will despise you on the way. They will not support you on the way, but Jesus will stand with you. Look at him. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And if we look at Jesus, we can draw some lessons that will help us to finish well. One of such lessons is that we must be willing to lay aside something. If we must finish well. If you must finish great, be ready to lay aside. Somebody say lay aside. Lay aside. You can finish your building if you learn to lay aside some little money. Yeah, you can lay it aside. You can finish the relationship. You have entered three relationships. None of them has led you into marriage. Lay aside your unforgiving spirit. Lay aside your record-keeping spirit. Even God, who has the biggest marker, he doesn't use it to mark people's iniquity. Lay it aside. He says, looking unto Jesus, altar and the finisher of our faith. Let us run with it. Lay aside. Somebody say, lay aside. Lay aside. Do you know that Jesus could not have carried the assignment if he had not been willing to lay himself aside? He laid himself aside. We are told in the book of John 10, 15, as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life. Somebody say, I lay down. What are you willing to lay down? Lay some things down. Lay some things aside. Lay some TV watching time aside. You can use it to read a book that can enrich your life. Lay some time aside. Lay some friends aside. Now, this half must be your best half. This half must be your most profitable half. This half must be your most progressive half. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lay some things aside. Lay some things aside. You stay with TV till uh, 12 midnight. How can you wake up and pray? Lay some time aside. Lay some time. Every money that enters your hand, you just spend it. Lay something aside. Somebody say lay something aside. Lay something aside. Jesus had to lay aside his divine privileges in order. The Bible says, very, very, I say unto you, John chapter 12, verse 20, 24, 25, I say unto you, except a corn of you fall to the ground and dies. A lot of people want to make progress, but they are not willing to make great sacrifices. To enter into great progress, you have to make great sacrifices. Some of you, you must lay your belly aside. Amazing prophecies we receive. Lay something aside. Some of them, that's all it depends. It depends on just you laying some things aside. Sometimes, the most foolish thing any person can do is to blame a prophet for the failure of fulfillment of prophecy. Said, this child I give unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecy that went before you, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Thank God for the prophecy. But if you are not ready to war with them, you will see them come to pass. Am I complicating here? Nothing has changed on God's part. But if you won't take responsibility on your part, nothing will work. It is critical. A lot of war went forward before Jesus was manifested. Even when he was born physically, there was a war. Herod laid a, a lot down to kill him. You will not abort your prophecy. You will not abort God's prophetic word for your life. Shout a better amen. So be ready. Somebody say, I'm willing and ready to lay aside. Lay aside. You can be more prayerful than you were in the first half. You can be more studious than you were in the first half. Just lay some things aside. Some people you've been speaking on the phone to lay them aside. It's not. Some conversations should be laid aside. Waste your time one hour talking about things that do, doesn't add any value to you. Listening to gossips. Lay aside. Tell your neighbors, lay aside. Number two, be willing and ready to endure your cross. If you are going to finish great, be willing and ready to endure your cross. Somebody say, I'm willing and ready to endure my cross. Yeah. Listen, people who finish great, they endure many things. How? <laughs> I really wish I was, I was just walking you through Nehemiah now. The kind of things that man Nehemiah endured. When you read it and you see Nehemiah finish the complete, uh, complete the construction of the wall within 52 days, you will think like everything was rosy. Everything he needed was available. The peace was available. No, 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 no. In fact, everything he needed 
apart from resources he had favor to receive. The peace of mind, the most important things he needed were not available. People really opposed Nehemiah. But that notwithstanding, he was able to finish. A lot of our younger generation, including myself, will lack the capacity to endure. Listen, one of the disciplines you must have is your endurance. Somebody say endurance. endurance. Bible said, looking unto Jesus, look at 2, Hebrews 12, 2. The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was said before, endured, endured. The reason why you've given your body cheaply away to a guy is because he gave you a phone. You can't endure using your Chinese phone. You want iPhone. So that's what you are going for. Selling your birthright because of iPhone. Endure. Some of you cannot endure hunger. The least time you are hungry, you will do anything for food. Don't be like Esau. Learn to endure. There are things you have to endure. Am I communicating? Sometimes you will be in one shoe for a long time. I've been there. Am I communicating here? I've been there. Learn to endure. A lot of our younger generation will lack endurance. The Bible said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We, we lack endurance. We can't endure. So people go to offices to work and the little pressure from the office, they say, this office, the pressure is too much. I'm resigning. Listen, where can you go without pressure? In this life, we live under pressure, the people under pressure, under pressure, other people under pressure. Listen, let me tell you. I, I Listen, this is my philosophy. If you don't put yourself under pressure, the pressure life will put you under, it will kill you. So put yourself under pressure before life puts you under pressure. Because when you put yourself under pressure, that is progressive pressure. But when life puts you under pressure, it will put you under pressure you are not comfortable with. So learn to endure pressure. Every time they are saying something new, every time they are saying something new, listen, you have what it takes. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Somebody shout an amen. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. The cross is a symbol of sacrifice. Be willing to endure. It was not a pleasant. Jesus was not laughing when he was going to the cross. The Bible said he prayed until the sweat of his body was like blood. He was not laughing. This way that your life is going, laughing every day, every day, it's a sign you are going nowhere. There isn't any serious time in your life. <laughs> there is nothing you see that keeps your mind busy and engaged. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You cannot enjoy the crown without enduring the cross. I would be here. Yeah. Apostle Paul was so determined. That's why he became an outstanding apostle. In the sea, night and day. Imprisonments often. Those, those were the things he endured. So when we say Apostle Paul wrote a lot of the letters, I'm anointed, I'm going to be, it doesn't come cheaply like that. You have to endure some things. He was going to Jerusalem. They say, listen, as you are going now, give me Acts chapter 20, verse 22 to 24. I'll close you in the next few minutes. At 20, quickly, at 20. Now I go bound in the spirit into Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Verse 23. So the Holy Ghost witness in every, except save that the Holy Ghost witness in every city, that bonds and afflictions are awaiting for me. Now imagine you are going to an office and they come to tell you, hey, the politics in that office is too much. Say, oh, then I think media, I don't want to bring myself under any pressure. I'll just stay somewhere. Politics is everywhere. Are you with me? Politics is what? When you become highly valuable, you rise above politics. I said you rise above what? You rise above politics. You rise above politics when you are highly valuable. Because already you are seated in Christ far above principalities and powers. So your level is not the ground level. So spiritually, that's where you are placed. But if you take responsibility to match it up, you'll be about politics. You see, when there's a lot of politics, it's a sign that your value, because politics exists when there's competition among people. When you are a Daniel, you don't compete with people. You create a class for yourself. And when you are in your own class, you don't compete with anybody. You are in a class of your own. When they can't get your type, you are, you are in a class of your own. That's why you should not stay at one place. And occupy for a long time. Keep on adding value. 
the, yesterday you are here tomorrow you must be there am i communicating here add value continuously add value to yourself you finished nursing training how many years now you are still an ordinary nurse then when they put you on a shift i don't know what to me say many time crown sorry listen what prevents you from also doing something and specializing to become uh, somebody else number three draw strength continually from the holy spirit within you if you are going to finish well in your quest to finish great finishing great will come with challenges but you have to learn to encourage yourself the bible said david ran and he was tired and he encouraged himself in the lord encourage yourself draw strength from the holy spirit within you he said for it is god who worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure if you are going to finish great you must learn to keep focus somebody say be focused say be focused keep your focus looking onto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith there are two things great finishers focus on one they focus on the future glory somebody say the future glory say the future glory great finishers focus on the future glory not the present challenges or difficulties if you focus you look at the present challenges hey Focus on the future glory. There is the Bible says, "For the which cause we fail not." Second Corinthians chapter four verse sixteen. For though our outward man perisheth, the inward man is renewed day by day. Now look at verse seventeen with me. For our light affliction. Look at that with me. Look at that with me. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Glory is in weight. The kind of affliction you are ready to endure will determine the weight of your glory. Glory is a weight for our light affliction. They focus on the future glory. Focus on the future glory. If you look at your present challenges, you give up. But if you look at it, Jesus looking unto who for the joy that was set before. That's another thing great finishers focus on. They focus on the joy of accomplishment. Somebody say the joy of accomplishment. You will accomplish. I said you will accomplish. Great finishers focus on the joy of accomplishment. John chapter 16 verse 21 to 22. Great finishers focus on the joy of accomplishment. They focus on the joy of accomplishment. A woman when she is in labor has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she is giving birth to the child. She no longer remembers what? The anguish. For the joy that a human being has been born into the world. When you go to the labor world, you hear some noise. You hear some things. Pazupe is a specialist gynecologist, and he can tell you. Some of them are here, they will be insulting their husbands. Others are crying. They are doing all kinds of things. But, let this woman deliver. Minimum one year, two years, she wants to carry another child. That is the joy of accomplishment. Somebody say the joy of accomplishment. The joy of accomplishment. The joy of be motivated by the joy of accomplishment. The dream is challenging you. It is tasking. It is giving you sleepless nights. It is making you stay awake to pray. It's making you to stay awake to read. Focus when you finish and eventually you land there. If you are a student, by the day you finish and then imagine yourself the day of your uh, graduation. Whoever is a special guest, Otunfo or uh, President Akufad, rise up to salute you. That is the joy of accomplishment. You are putting monies into your building and sometimes it looks like you have been wearing one cloth for a long time. It looks like you have not changed your wardrobe in a long time. Focus. When you finish your house and then the place is tarred, everywhere is beautiful. When you can walk into your old home and no landlord can tell you nonsense. Then you know the joy of accomplishment. Am I communicating here? That's how you become a great finisher. You will finish 2020 well. I said you will finish 2020 well. You will finish 2020 well. Listen, you may have made some mistakes in this year, but don't focus on the past. Focus on the joy of accomplishment. Focus on what you can accomplish with the remainder of the year. Focus on what God can do with you. And through your mistakes and with you, whatever you are, open your mouth and receive grace. Pastor Afrak.
Aqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you. Never, never